a chicken sandwich and she like shoved fries in it. It didn't even look that good. <laughs> and Saweetie is just this like skinny, light skin um, hip hop artist. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. She can get away with it because because she's cute, she's skinny, she's like hyper attractive, like whatever. It's everybody, it's what everybody wants. But like, honestly, I'm not a big fan of her. And also anytime I've heard of anybody going to any of her shows, like she performs for like 15 minutes and leaves. (laughs) But that was like the one person who I knew that went to like one of her shows. Like I never had an appeal to really go see her TVH, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So she going back to, to her thing, like there's like guys in the comments, like, Oh, I like it when my girl can eat and blah, blah, blah. And then like other people were protesting and saying like, Hey, actually, you know, this is unhealthy. This is disgusting and unhealthy. And then someone else said, well, if Lizzo did the same thing, everybody would be a food critic, a health critic and critiquing how Lizzo eats. And Lizzo, in contrast, I think a few weeks ago, posted a video of her working out Mm. and everyone was just fat shaming her. They were fat shaming Lizzo. And she's always been, like the moment that Lizzo blew up is the moment that she started getting fat shamed. Like she's, once she hit it hard with Atlantic Records and got super famous, She's just been fat shamed left and right. And she's been ignoring people. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, she knows who she is. She is a big black woman. But, I mean, like, her second album is Big Girl, Small World. She knows. Yeah. Hi. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Hi. I know. Uh, And also everything within, within that whole album, which is really hard to get now these days. Like, I don't know what happened, but it was taken down off of Apple Music and Spotify. They're going to re-release it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I they better re-release that album. It's so good. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so everyone was like anti-Lizzo and they don't like it. And every time Lizzo twerks or do, does anything like what any normal girl would do on Instagram, she's immediately fat shamed. And then Saweetie does this thing where like is definitely more disgusting what Lizzo does. But if Lizzo did the same thing, she would be incredibly fat shamed and people would be like, this is why you're fat and blah, blah, blah. Um, so we does it and everyone's like, Ooh, I love it when my girl can eat or Ooh, that looks so good. I want something. You can't condone McDonald's for anyone. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's basically what happened. And I, I'm upset by it because I'm like, people like Lizzo, she works hard and you know not all of us have control over what our bodies end up being oh yeah entirely I was just thinking about this earlier today um I know it's a podcast and you guys can't see what I'm wearing but you know it's hot today it's hot today so I've been wearing like my swim top and my swim shorts and you know cleaning the house and we ended up like needing to go get some groceries because I made a bomb ass salad, but we didn't have tomatoes mm-hmm. or salad dressing. So we went out to get tomatoes and salad dressing and I'm walking around in just like what you would wear to the pool. Yeah. But I'm a big chocolate woman and like people are staring and it's really obvious or people are like whispering and I'm like, bitch, I can hear you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what? 
Yeah. It's It's like people will do anything to immediately judge the, the structure of your body and associate with that's what your lifestyle is. And that's not the truth. It's not the truth. Like we're both big women's and it's not fair when people do that. It's like, they just make so many assumptions. Um, but yeah, that, that was like something that was a little upsetting this week. Um, but on the other hand, Lizzo just came out that she's vegan. Hey, that's because Lizzo got that good money now. She can afford to be vegan. (laughs) She can afford, she can afford to follow my heart cheese. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Vegan cheese. Yeah, so she came out as vegan, and a lot of the people on her crew also went vegan as well. Um, and That's she, great. yeah, so I'm really happy for her. Not really happy for Sawidi. Like she's just taking advantage of the fact that like she has what she has, and so do, and like don't get me wrong, like people can eat whatever they want. Like it's their absolute choice. It's just when there's people who are coming out of the woodwork saying trying to control or judge or praise what people can do based off of like how pretty or skinny they are you know or okay I was gonna I was gonna ask was this like entirely um a fan driven thing or is like Saweetie didn't make any like weird comments no it was just her eating that's it like it was just She's like, hey, look, I'm cute. I'm eating. Like, that's I'm basically what I'm eating. And everybody was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was eating too. <sighs> but yeah, um, before we go on, does my mic sound okay? Yeah. It sounds good? It sounds good. Okay. And you it's sound not good. or anything. Yay. But yeah, I was watching this video of Sawidi and, and uh, Nikita Dragon and. I'm kind of whatever about it because Nikita Dragon just has, like, she she is trans um, and she looks really good. But, like, I really feel for, like, anybody else who feels like that they have to compare their femininity with hers. And, like, the, the, the whole video is, like, hyper-feminine in general. Like, mm. and basically what argument was that someone said that the video was a prime example of what people have been saying about trans women influence the current, the current ultra hyper feminine aesthetic right here in this video. And it looks like they're just like in the middle of downtown of some like random ass city, just like kind of flaunting what they look like. And it's just, I'm kind of whatever about it because I don't know. I'm just kind of whatever about it. I feel like that's such an interesting term, hyper feminine. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what do they mean by that? It means like skinny waist, big boobs, big ass. Like, like is that hyper feminine? Because or less. So I don't feel like that's hyper feminine. I feel like they need to find another word for that because mm-hmm. I'm like most women that I know are not that <laughs> yeah like now if they're talking about a specific aesthetic of like maybe having long hair or doing the makeup but like a certain body type i don't think is more feminine than another yeah well this is the video itself can you see it oh so it's just like 
booty shaking in swimsuits. I think they mean hypersexual. I don't think they mean hyperfeminine. I feel like those things should not be necessarily interchangeable. That's fair. But that's just my opinion. What do I know? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, welcome back to Don't Cast and Drive. Soon to be Lady Sings the Blues. No, Lady, Lady Blur Sings the Blues. Hey, <laughs> I'm already butchering our new uh, tag team podcast here. Back um, <laughs> You have your girl here at Sometimes B. And yo, what's up? It's Kylie Too Smart. We're here for another week episode to shoot the shit. Um, what has your week been like, Miss Kylie? Uh, you know, my week went by really quickly and it was kind of surprised. I feel like time's gone a little wonky on me. I'm like, I don't know if it's just like the changing of the seasons, but like sometimes I'll wake up and like I'll look at my clock and it says, 6.30 and it's like bright outside already and it doesn't feel like 6.30 in the morning and I get through my day super fast. I'm like, where did my day go? Um, and then there's other days where it drags. Yeah. Um, school has been great. I just got into some uh, really exciting lessons about um, emotional release and massage and how we store um different memories and stresses in our muscles and like sometimes those things come up and like you don't even expect them to be there um so that's one of the like favorite topics that I like to cover in class so we just got into that we got into um some myofascial release really working the different muscles it's getting real um anatomical in there and I'm really enjoying it I get to geek out (laughs) Yay! So that is like really giving me life right now. That's right. Release the tensity. Uh, release the all the tension. I found uh, really nice um, meditation videos to follow along. Deepak Chopra, which if anybody studies anything about meditation, they're like, yeah, that guy, you know, head of the biz in the West. Um, but you can find his like um, guided meditations on YouTube. Uh, so I've been doing, it's been really nice. Um, I got back to using my tarot cause I had like kind of stopped for a little bit. So I might be putting that back on my, uh, Instagram. But other than that, like the week has been, been solid. I feel like I've been eating really well. I made, oh, the salad was so good. Like had broccoli and cucumbers and avocado and eggs Yum, tomato. I've been making my own. So I try to drink like a gallon of water a day. Mm-hmm. And I've been making my own mixes with uh, ginger and turmeric with some chia seeds, some garlic, apple cider vinegar, some honey. And I think that's it. It looks good. Yeah, I've been adding. It doesn't look good. It looks like it's healthy for you. Which well, is it looks like, I mean, if I want to be, if I want to be all jokes here, it looks like a gallon of piss. <laughs> chunky, chunky pee. No, but turmeric's really good for inflammation. Um, I've been told this by everybody from, from holistic doctors to, to people just walking down the street. Uh, <laughs> well, no, like I noticed, cause like earlier in the week, um, 
I had just like binged on chips one day and I was like I just had like a really bad carb day or and I just ate like a bunch of just salty crap that I wouldn't normally eat but um I noticed brother I swear to Bob I swear to Bob my feet were swollen and I was like what what in the old lady hell is this (laughs) uh so I was like uh no no not today Satan I'll see you next year uh and so I started um concocting my own stuff and it's worked I feel a lot better my feet are not swollen anymore um I've been like making a mental note to stretch every day you know get some squats in and just like stay limber and everything but that was like a wake-up call for me I, I looked down and I was like my foot is swollen yeah that's that is a wake-up call that's actually one of my worst fears <laughs> is oh, that yeah happy (laughs) yeah if I if I eat like a bag of chips and then my feet are swollen or if I eat like a a bag or or if I have french fries if I'm just I really need french fries today um one time I ordered a wrap and I asked them not to put french fries in it and there was french fries and I was like I'm gonna eat this but luckily my feet weren't swollen but I'm like I just need to not do the salt 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 is just as bad as sugar yeah, and so, like, for me, since I grew up, you know, strange, my aunt was super healthy, and for, like, a lot of my childhood, like, I didn't have salt added to anything or sugar added to anything, so now I'm, like, super salt and sugar sensitive. Mm-hmm. So, like, it doesn't really take much for me to notice. Like, even sometimes just cooking, other people will be like, oh, like, you could have added more salt, or to me, it'll taste really salty, and I'll be like, is this taste salty to you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, really? Damn. Okay. No, thank you. No. I can tell when people dump salt in their food. I'm like, is this the only seasoning you're using? <laughs> they're like, salt, salt is not a seasoned. Salt is not a seasoning. Salt is Karen. not a seasoning. Karen. Oh, God. Uh, I experimented this week with, um, actually today, I tried to make a pizza with garbanzo, with garbanzo beans and edamame puree <laughs> as, as a crust, just to see what would happen. Um, it turned out pretty good. We, it was just Cash and I experimenting with it, and he he suggested that we try to make a crust with edamame, and. I said, okay, that's fine. And then like the way that he was talking about it, I was like, well, I can't find edamame flour, but we found edamame noodles and we boiled that down. I know, <laughs> boiled it down and then we pureed it. Ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> and then we added garbanzo bean flour. No, this is an experiment for real, real. Um, it wasn't of- too bad. <laughs> it just needed seasoning. <laughs> It's because you boiled some noodles and then pureed that motherfucker. No, no, ma'am. Uh, Trader Joe's has bags of vegan pizza dough, which are really good. Um, I just bought two bags today. They're like $1.29. Um, and they make you feel fancy because, you know, you put a little flour out, you let it sit for 30 minutes, and you knead it yourself, and you put all your toppings on. It comes out really good. So, oh, yeah. I, I've had it before. It, they're like a broccoli version or a cauliflower version. Ooh, I haven't seen those ones yet. The only ones I saw was like the garlic and herb, and then they had the plain. Oh, I see. The little bags. I've been pleased. It makes me feel real Italian. (laughs) 
we just yeah. tried it to see what would happen because he has all these edamame noodles and I'm like, okay, yeah. let's see what, what we can do. It was fine. It was fine. Oh my God, what is that face? <laughs> that face, is, it was not fine. <laughs> um, so there was that. Um, what else happened to me this week? Yeah, this week felt really slow and fast at the same time. Like it's, it was Friday and I'm like, shit, it's Friday. Um, and also like I perceive that next week's going to feel the same because I have Friday off in observance of Independence Day. Yeah. Um, I'm going camping. After that, I'm out of here. Hell yeah. I'm going to Big Sur. Pfeiffer? Uh, Fernwood. Fernwood. Okay. Although I might spend some time at Pfeiffer, find some swimming holes. That sounds like it's going to be fun. I'm just oh, yeah. terrified to drive through Big Sur. No, don't be terrified. <laughs> Fernwood is not that far into Big Sur. Like, honestly, it's not, not that far past Bixby. Yeah, I just get freaked out by, like, driving cliffside and that whole Dude, thing. I love it. I feel like <laughs> some of y'all people didn't grow up driving these California streets <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> I'm just afraid of the ocean, okay? <laughs> you think I would be more afraid? Um, I specifically remember, I, like, my mom has a terrible driving track record, um, but I remember one time she was delivering a cake out to Big Sur, mm-hmm. and a drunk driver, like, almost drove her off the road, and we ended up with the car um, teetering over the cliff mm-hmm. with, like, my side of the door smashed so we couldn't get it open uh-huh. and we had to crawl to the back seat because it was like wee 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 so I have issues with heights like to this day but I try to challenge myself um but I've noticed like specifically if it's heights over water like uh my my heart goes into like oh god remember that one time you almost died oh, that's what I'm saying when you're driving to Big Sur <laughs> Yeah, but then I also love it. I don't know. I'm a strange, strange being. It's beautiful. I just, I'm not a regular. (laughs) And then I also took to heart about how erosion works. So (laughs) I definitely like, I was paying attention that day in school when they were talking all about how the whole cliffside could just. (laughs) Yeah, one day just Mother Earth can be like, "Mm, it's time for me to shed this dirt. Yes. The little yarn. Kind of shed and shake it off, and then that's when everyone dies. <laughs> and then they died. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. Uh, nope. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna do during, I during Fourth of July weekend. Like I was supposed to throw a big family party, but I canceled it because I don't want anybody to die because of COVID. But also, uh, shout out. To one of our cousins who is now Prager's bun in the oven. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, congratulations to Shannon Taylor. Her and Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. Lulz. That's the, that's his name. I actually was neighbors with him for a long time. Really? Yeah. So our, funny. Yeah, our cousin Shannon is pregnant and she's expecting to have her baby closer to Christmas time. She wants that Capricorn. Eh. Yeah. So I'm happy for her with that. 
Um, and then I know that my our other cousin, Jason, just had his baby. Yes. Oh, those pictures are adorable. I love seeing the post. So she's like, um, things I would rather do than wake a baby. <laughs> it's like all this crazy stuff. Yeah. So the baby news is super exciting. Like I, I'm glad to see that there's new babies in the family. Um, but other than that, I think with my week, I'm not planning on doing anything. I'm still working on the protest, uh, podcast. Um, sorry that I didn't have a chance to release it this week for those who are listening, but it will be released soon. I'm just really trying to make sure that it sounds really good. Um, and then making sure that everything fits the way that's supposed to, um, shout out to Rocky Tyrade. Um, basically leading man of the protest down in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, um, I saw that article. Amazing. Yeah, he has been just, he's been out there every day, every day. Um, and he shouted, like, in, in addition to that shout out, he also let me use his music for the podcast episode. So, yeah. Um, if anybody doesn't know, his recent album, Outbreak, is really good. It's, I think, a five to six six track uh ep i really recommend anybody to listen to it and my personal favorite is the last track in that in that uh, ep and last but not least about things about our week again please fire and arrest the cops who murdered brianna taylor and elijah mcclain um and then also arrest the white terrorists who set fire to althea bernstein so just some reminders so if you guys see those petitions out there please sign those petitions keep raising the awareness of what happened Yes, you can um, go to change.org for mm-hmm. some information. Also, colorofchange.org. Um, both of those sites have petitions to sign for Breonna Taylor and for Elijah McLean. Yeah. And then also encourage the investigation for Althea Bernstein. She, I believe, I believe she is still alive, but is still has, has suffered from second to third degree burns on her body. Um, I know this is just such, it's just so, so disgusting that people have the nerve to attack Black people the way that they do. Um, when they're harmless, they've done nothing. Like, and that's the, especially with these three that I'm referencing to. And actually all of, all of the victims who've been victims of lynching and chokings and like, you know, it, that's, like, they haven't done anything. There's been no resistance to arrest. So yeah, anybody who has been attacking us has been, who's been attacking us and attacking them, like they do it for zero reason, but out of the hatred in their hearts. So um, last week we touched a little bit on Black Wall Street, and yeah. this seems like a perfect time to talk about what happened. Sure. Um, at Black Wall Street. So Black Wall Street, if you don't know, is. Um, one of the most devastating examples of <clears throat> of a race riot in America. Um, Black Wall Street was established uh, in 1906 by O.W. Gurley. He was a Black entrepreneur who bought up 40 acres of land in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. way, way back in the day. So this is during the time of segregation Um, A lot of these um, people who were able to settle there, a lot of these Black people who were able to settle there um, were actually migrating along with Native Americans due to the Native American, um, Mm -hmm. was it movement? 
act. So they were walking with the five tribes along the Trail of Tears. Many of them ended up settling um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because O.W. Gurley bought these 40 acres and because it was segregated, was able to then only sell to um, Black people. So by 1906, this town was established uh, with like over 11,000 residents. And by 1921 was flourishing with businesses. We're talking banks, theaters, hotels, libraries, schools, like grocery stores, anything, you name it. And it's all black operated. And because it was segregated, they were all independent and um, basically just supporting one another's businesses mm -hmm. because they were able to, you know, buy and sell to each other independently. Oftentimes, a lot of these businesses were doing better than their white counterparts. This resulted in some major racial tensions. And um, one day, I want to say, what was the date? May 30th, mm -hmm. 1921, um, a young black boy by the name of Dick Rowland, who was 19 years old, took an elevator nearby where he works to use the restroom on a higher floor. And the operator of that elevator happened to be a 17-year-old white girl. And she accused him of sexual assault. Now, she never pressed charges. The stories, like, vary um, to, like, people saying that he raped her, which she did not actually claim because she didn't press assault, um, any assault charges on him. Mm -hmm. And then to the other side of the story being that, like, he tripped and fell and, like, grabbed her arm to steady himself. Let's pause the story real quick. This sounds really familiar. Can we it does about? sound real yeah. familiar, does it yeah. not? Real familiar. Like, you remember how Emmett Till whistled at a white woman in a store and har sexually harassed her? Do you remember that? So basically, similar story. And because it's 1920s and... This happened before Emmett Till was killed. And there's not much to go around. This... Uh, story ended up on the front page of the Tulsa Tribunal with the title of Nab Negro for attacking girl in elevator. He at this time was jailed and um, you know white men got together started rallying. Um, they were going to lynch him and so at this time, World War I veterans uh, were home. Mm -hmm. And you had Black veterans who armed themselves and stood outside the jail to keep these men who had come with guns that were supplied to them by the law enforcement, by local law enforcement. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, these two groups met outside the jail. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, because the white men were backed and being armed by local officials and local officials actually joined them. Uh, they just started randomly shooting indiscriminately into the crowds that had gathered. So we're talking men, women, children, people on the streets who had nothing to do with what was going on. Um, the tensions got so bad that 
it just spilled over from the jailhouse eventually into all of Greenwood Avenue. Uh, World War I planes were deployed and they firebombed this whole district. So let that sink in. It's incredible. That's fuck. It's so incredible how one small lie from a white woman and the jealousy of the white population, they escalate violence to a military degree just to ruin what black people have been trying to develop, struggled to develop for themselves. So it's so fucking incredible that all they do is they lie and then they find excuses to incite violence on the black population just and the and then they leave us to never be able to grow over 300 blacks um were murdered just straight up several more were injured 5,000 people were left homeless because they were not burning just businesses but they went into residential areas they're bombing residential areas as well um they the local officials gathered the rest of the residents and held them in tournament camps um so by 1942 i want to say uh Black Tulsans actually rebuilt Greenwood without any assistance because local law officials refused to pay for reparations and refused sure. to rebuild those buildings that they broke. And in fact, um, during along this time, uh, Jim Crow laws were actually starting to go by the wayside and many white individuals started to take advantage of the situation by saying that they would you know, buy that land for cheaper because these people had been devastated, they had nothing. Yeah. And this, they were attempting to buy this land back now that they are no longer required to provide a segregated space by law. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's tons of information out there for you guys to look up. I just think it's incredible because it's one of those examples where this is an issue that even though it happened in the 20s, mm -hmm. it's still not resolved. In the 90s, there was a petition um, signed to provide reparations for those individuals um, who like, were, are still living in Tulsa and who wanted, I mean, you can't really, like reparations is always kind of, seemed like a crazy idea for me because like you can't really pay for that loss um but they could at least try and pay uh for that property loss and um rebuild those buildings mm -hmm. um in two so i think that was like 1994 that petition was brought up and then it didn't get resolved until 2011 and i don't think it actually ever got resolved into physical results um, what they did was they built a community center mm -hmm. and then in 2011 um they the local officials withdrew their funding for that community center and in fact i want to say mike bloomberg just donated like a million dollars last year during like the beginning of his campaign um 
yeah. to that building. But so it's crazy. Like it's still happening today. This and when people talk about um, wanting change mm-hmm. and not realizing why things aren't just fair and equal, why why can't you just find easier ways to express yourselves? This is a prime example. This is a community that was built by Black people, for Black people. Mm-hmm. Racists burnt it down. And then law supported and backed those racists. Local law officials were involved in destroying this community and then refused to accept responsibility in rebuilding it. Yeah. So. And they refuse responsibility to build it because it was an attack against Black people. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. So that's crazy. Um, but if you want to find out more about it, you can read um, Black Wall Street from Riot to Renaissance by Hannibal B. Johnson. He's an incredible writer. He an activist. He's um, a Black professor, I think, Harvard graduate. He's written many other um, books about Black history and activism. Um, So that book is well worth the read. Um, You can also, day and age, just Google anything, really. You can Google it. Wikipedia has (laughs) a great number of things to say and pictures and facts. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those sad things that should never have happened, but because the the thing is the white woman the white woman cry is the most dangerous thing to the black community it's literally the most dangerous thing that's why we've been calling them all karens that's why we've been calling them things like like barbecue betty permit patty god permit Um, patty but it's true like i mean the thing that's policing them now is is cameras is our phones like that's the thing that's catching them in the act of them lying. Like that's what happened to, I think her name was Alice Cooper. <laughs> it's I not think, Alice Cooper. I don't think it's Alice Cooper. It was <laughs> what the hell was her name? Wait, are you talking about the dog park lady? Yeah, the dog park lady. I just call the dog park hoe. That dog park bitch. Because Alice Cooper is that rock is the rock guy. But like, <laughs> yes. but. What's her fucking name? Cooper. Anyway, but the, that lady who, like, basically boy cried wolf on the black guy saying that he's assaulting me, he's threatening me, he's threatening my dog, and he's, I'm just asking you to keep your dog on a leash. And, you know, it's this whole thing where it's like, if there was no camera, if there was no evidence, like, he could have died. Uh, same thing with the guy who was, I, I mean, he wasn't black, but he was in San Francisco and the lady like stopped him from writing Black Lives Matter on his property. It's and Amy it, Cooper. Amy Cooper. Amy okay. Cooper. Um, and then the guy who was doing Black Lives Matter on his property, another white woman called the cops on him and the cops are like, he lives there. He lives there. He lives there. But again, if there was no camera if there was no camera, like it's just, it's, it's absolutely incredible how, how they just, how they just pretend that they're, they're the law, like whatever they say, that's the word. And then if they have enough enablers around them, which are the white, they're white men, they're white brothers or white fathers, 
they they won't do the research to find the evidence and then they just assume like oh yes let's go kill let's go kill black people let's go kill all the ethnic men like people who are hurting your feelings and it, then it just turns into this whole fucking riot and it's it's so upsetting because they kill because of this trend it's killed so many people like it's just amazing and like even when black people try to get like one one step above just one step above it takes one white woman to cry wolf and then like then they it's just destroyed well it's- not only that but um i just recently saw an interesting video uh, from akash who is a trans activist and designer um he's um what non non-gender conformer okay but um he was talking about backlash and how every time you take one step forward and challenge these you know old school rulings or these um old ways of being that it's never a linear progression you don't just like okay now we've achieved this and we're equal now we've achieved that and we're equal it's we take one step and then all of a sudden um we're in the limelight and you're met with backlash so it's like you know three steps forward two steps back right now they're talking about you know all these sneaky um little laws that are being passed these anti-trans laws um specifically oh my mom's calling me sorry I don't know if you could hear that or not. Oh, it's okay. Go on. Um, But I think that is something that every community faces when they're trying to fight for their own rights. Like, especially with this whole Black Lives um, Matter movement, you've seen a lot of footage of, like, violent protesters, and it's not necessarily the people who are actually protesting, but now you're seeing a lot of backlash against what they're calling what, like handouts or against you know funding for these uh, cities or individuals. I've seen so many people posting like, oh, if you're caught protesting, you shouldn't get um, your, was it your like unemployment? Oh my God. No, no, and this is a serious thing. They're like, oh, you shouldn't be accepting money from the government if you're protesting. We we fund the government people who live here who are citizens fund the government through our taxes of course we should be protesting no if ands or buts we should be telling them what to do but But this is the type of backlash and it's very sneaky because imagine uh you're in a state where it's predominantly white or you're like they're shutting down poll places now. I can't remember which article it was that I read, but um, it was something like 3,000 polling sites had been shut down and they were all in predominantly black and um, POC neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't like a tactical strike to get people not to be able to vote. And then in those same cities... Yeah, like they tried to... I forgot which location it was, but they tried to shut down a, a... a a voting a voting um location early and there was 
like a crowd of like mostly African Americans outside, like banging on the wall saying, open up. Yeah, like this is our right. It's our right to vote. Things like that um, are like, they boggle my mind because we know it's not right. And I think it's, it's so hard to deal with because, you know, we grow up with certain ideals now being, you know, instilled in us. And then we still see this old behavior. And it's like, how do we, how do we confront this, you know? Yeah, like this happened in, I think it was Kentucky. That's where it happened. I think Kentucky also passed like um, a law where people of color don't have to wear masks, which I thought was very fucking sneaky. So they're saying that because um, they're more likely to be racially profiled and attacked for wearing masks that they shouldn't have to wear masks. And so they will not be enforcing that law for Black people and for people. That's also a double thing because also COVID impacts lower income communities. Oh, yeah. If you're you're passing this law that... Double think? Some double speak happening there? Yeah, so if you're passing a law where people of color can... are, Oh, you don't have to wear a mask. Or you don't have to wear a mask. They're going to be like, okay, so we're not going to wear a mask, but they're not going to think like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually biological warfare. They want us to die. Yeah. Things like that, like, sicken me to the utmost degree. And to be racially profiled, give me a fucking break. Like, if if we're... I swear to God, like, they just, they just want to lock us up so bad. Like... The amount of crime that happens between both communities, the lower the lower income communities, of course, we're more susceptible to more crime because it's out of desperation, right? But also, anyone who is white and has that same standard, like, are less likely to be incarcerated because it's like, oh, they're having a hard time. Let's not bother them and blah, blah, blah. More sympathy, more sympathy. So many second chances. So it's okay. She ha- She's a mother with kids. And we should give her a second chance, even though she hung her toddler in the closet. It's fine. Which has actually happened. Well, okay, it didn't really happen like that. But you get my point. <laughs> it's, it's just incredible how they really, 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 really try to destroy people that they once enslaved. It's, 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 and I'm not going to let go of the whole slave thing. It's like the moment that we became, the moment that we became people, not property, people became upset. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, so let's go on to. Um, did you have any resources for protesters that you wanted to talk about? Um, well, we talked about um, the Change for Org. I'm sorry, www.change.org. The uh, um, oh, what was I did have a site for voting. I think it's the Vote Now vote now organization um they not only tell you like how to register to vote give you maps to your polling places but they also are a really good source to get in touch with your legislators because they'll do it um by county and um they get you pretty much like all the information that you need to know um 
let's I think the other one was uh, was it the Black Lives Matter site? I think that's just a good source of information. We kind of like you can just Google like information is so free now. Yeah, um, I did oh. want to talk about. Um, Sorry, before we let go of the mask thing, I just wanted to add a couple more things. Yes. Did you hear about the FDA, uh, the fake FDA no mask permits? Yes. Oh my God, I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay, so since we're still around that subject, I thought, I laughed so hard because I did a prank in high school and I probably talked to this, I probably mentioned this story before um, to some of my friends who are listening to this, where I created a fake document with proper formatting, um, letterhead, everything of a classroom inspection cleanup because my Spanish three teacher kept his room so nasty (laughs) and I begged him to please keep the windows open, keep the door open so the classroom can ventilate. But because he had past max capacity in the classroom, plus snacks, People who eat like salty food, salty snacks in the classroom, like hot Cheetos and like pork rinds and stuff, right? Uh. It's gonna, it's gonna condense in the classroom. So it was just gross and nasty. And like me and a couple of other friends were like, this is gross. We can't focus in this room and we have to be here like every other day. This is fucking stupid. So I made a fake document saying that there's inspections for every class, for the selected classrooms, right? And I picked classrooms I knew kept that kept their classrooms clean. And I felt really bad because one of the teachers, she's like, I don't understand why we're doing inspections. My classroom is clean. I don't understand. And I felt bad, but like I had to do it to cover it up. Yeah. Lost. The guy, I did a fake one and I put it in everybody's little mailbox. The teacher freaked out. The Spanish teacher freaked out. And he cleaned up his classroom. Like all the, the students that were just hanging out in the classroom, like fled. They were gone. And he's like, man, can't wait till this person will, the, will come here to clean this classroom. And I'm like, yes, it's working. Because the classroom smelled, smelled so much better. It smelled so much better. And then no inspection showed up because no one showed up, right? Because it was a prank. I did it two more times. And then by the third time, he was like, it's a hoax. Like, this is stupid. So I managed to make something up just to make a difference. But going back to these fake-ass permits, I looked at this. I'm like, this is amateur work. <laughs> oh, so amateur. <laughs> Those, Those, they like posted a little black and white eagle. Yeah, and it was like, in any violation of this permit, you'll be fined to like one thousand to four grand. It was so stupid. And then FDA immediately on their website said, mm-hmm. "These are fraudulent. These are fake. We never said this." But also, I think uh, if they actually do use the FDA logo that they like that's they can be charged yeah people who are putting those things on their things they they can be charged if they're caught so i thought it was hilarious because there's people who don't want to wear masks because they are like oh i have breathing problems oh like it's disgusting it holds so much bacteria okay if it holds so much bacteria wash that shit wash that shit in hot water hang it up get a second mask Masks are everywhere now. Do you think you're going to have if you get COVID and then have to be intubated? Exactly. And then 
Also with the people who are like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Someone on Twitter just recently, like uh, a doctor just recently submitted a video of him with one mask on with an oxygen monitoring. Like, yes, I've seen that. that like several people and, have done that. Yeah, and then he's like, hmm, still at 100. And then he puts on a second mask, hmm, still at 100. Puts on a third mask, still can breathe. Oxygen level still at full. And then he's like, oh, you guys are worried about the CO2. Okay, let's talk about CO2. So he puts in a CO2 monitor and he goes, still good with the three masks. You guys need to wear your masks. No ifs, ands, or buts. And there's so many studies on sneezing on surfaces, the bacteria that develops, stinging on surfaces, talking at surfaces, uh, surfaces and um, touching surfaces surfaces like there's so many studies of wear your fucking mask so you don't transmit this fucking virus that has no vaccine yet it's killing people like florida has more cases than italy right now florida is just a state and italy is a fucking country like just wear your mask i went out to a shopping center on friday and i was so pissed off about how many people were not wearing a mask in that shopping center or people who i watched take off their mask and throw it on the ground I was about to get up and pop off at those people. I'm like, what in what fucking privilege makes you think that that's okay to not only wear a mask, but to litter? Like, you're disgusting. <laughs> oh, God. I was just, I was so appalled. But hey, you know, if I walk into a facility somewhere and someone sees my black ass walking around without protection, of course I'm going to get yelled at by some patty. Like, it's just, it's just so backwards. Like it's me is seeing all these people um, screaming about enforcement of like wearing a mask infringes on like their God given rights. And they're like, you're not God. Who are you to regulate my breathing? Like people are literally saying this, like screaming going to city town meetings, screaming at the people. <laughs> Please tell me you saw that Parks and Rec. Oh. It was too good. Oh my god. It was too fucking good. I was dying <laughs> about the amount of people who are like, it's a hoax, wearing a mask, it's a hoax. It it takes away from our from our American rights. I'm like, yes, I'll take what are you people? Are you super and they're serious talking about God's going to smite you for making us wear masks. And I was like, bruh. Like, it's just, something needs to be done about the educational system in the United States. No, something needs to be done with the people who are hyper-privileged and aren't used to being inconvenienced and not knowing how to adapt to being inconvenienced. I can't remember what it was, but somebody on the show was talking about, like, some of these people never had to struggle and it shows. Yeah, yeah. So you grew yes, up poor, you grew exactly up you grew up like this is easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Everybody is just chill, adapting, do whatever they gotta do to survive. I swear, it's like, oh my gosh, low income people always have to adapt to shit. They're like, Well, this fucking sucks. Let's try to figure out a new solution. I know it's unstable, but let's try to work through this. You gotta work through it work through right but the moment that like uh, like some person is so comfortable with their life because of how much money their husband or how much money their daddy makes 
they're like, oh, I can't possibly eat broccoli tonight. No. Like, it's, it's so fucking incredible how nasty people act when they're inconvenienced. Like, what do you mean? I can't enter this Trader Joe's at this time. I go to this Trader Joe's at this time on this Sunday. I need to go in there right now. I can't go in there at one. I will not go in there at one because of this COVID thing. Like, come on. Seriously, come on. Just relax. It's not that we're trying to inconvenience you because of, for the sake of being inconvenienced. It's the sake because we're all trying to keep everybody safe here. Oh Are you God. serious? Now the chance. Inconvenience. Inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Speaking of things that are inconvenient, fireworks. Yeah. So I heard a conspiracy that uh, local fire and police departments are planting fireworks into low income areas. Speaking of yes. low income, um, just to give those materials to people who just love lighting shit on fire. Because why not? It's fucking fun. But then to arrest them later. So that's one conspiracy. Um, well, the other one is that um, this is another form of backlash against the Black Lives Matter movement and against protesters. By targeting these communities, um, they are kind of making it feel like a war zone. One of the most, um, like, influential tactics in like warfare is disrupting sleep yeah and so if that's what they did on Waco Texas they're going off and it's like sonic booms too I'm like this shit is fucking loud like this is not just regular fireworks these are fireworks that you would see for like a full-on display they're loud as shit um and I can say for sure that they are targeting um communities that are lower income because I was talking to my director and he lives in a wealthier area and I was asking him if they were having problems with fireworks and they were like oh no not at all <laughs> like fireworks that's just you know kids are playing it's regular this time of year and I was like no because this has been happening this has been happening since the 29th of May yeah it, it, as for like the bay area side of things yeah i was like no like and these aren't just like regular fireworks these are loud loud as booms happening and it's meant to disrupt our sleep patterns it's meant to scare you yeah that's the other thing i heard it's it's the type of warfare where it's supposed to be disturbing sleep it's another way to make people feel that they are to make them more agitated and cause more issues in the home as well as more issues with your neighbor. Yeah. Um, I heard that they just won't stop until like it, till it gets to like a full black backlash. But I did hear about that, um, about that conspiracy as well. Um, that it's supposed to inconvenience people to say like, it's the black lives matters fault. It's their fault. It's their yeah. fault. And it's, it's so fucked up. Like, I just don't understand how people, 
how what like officials like law officials are just like oh yeah let's just do this because what they're doing is bad it's like dude black people are just literally protesting for their life they're protesting because we're just tired of being killed and misprofiled it's been happening since the early 1900s it's been happening before then like we're tired we just want to be viewed as human like that's all we want but yet everyone's like Oh, black people are so problematic but it's never it's not that <laughs> it's real and then it's like you also have to think about the money that would go into buying that amount of fireworks oh totally to, cons- to consistently put off that many fireworks every night there's no way that this is just you know kids or protesters i can't fucking afford that shit I just learned a new hack about protesting, by the way. I heard that get a piece of plywood and then make handles on the back of it. Put your message on the front. So then that way, while you're protesting, you have a shield from rubber bullets or any tear cast canisters or anything that's coming at you from the front. Hell yeah. Yeah. So someone told me about that yesterday. I'm like, that's a great idea. Like maybe I should go into a business and just be like, hey, I'm going to make plywood protesting banners or pro- protesting um, signs, but with the handles in the back. So that way you're protecting your hands and that you're protecting yourself if something were to fly at you. Um, but other than that, like people who are showing up to protest, they can't afford shit. They can't afford like illegal fireworks. We can't afford that. Yeah. Um, the other theory that I've been hearing are rather that just goes hand in hand with like the psychological warfare is really just desensitizing us to these sounds so that when certain neighborhoods are being targeted or say an organization house is being targeted, people are not going to respond to those noises because we're so used to hearing them all the time that we're just not their neighbors oh, well, aren't going to call anybody. Their neighbors aren't going to go over to check because, you know, you're just hearing it all the time. You're desensitized. Yeah, I think that's a poor, poor strategy if that's the case. But I also, like, would believe that as well. Um, just because of the fact that re- if you're going to hear about a protest, you're watching the news. Well, this is more like night strikes or, like, if you start hearing real artillery, you're not really going to know the difference. It's just going to sound like the regular fireworks and everything going on. So you, you're, like, unwilling to investigate? Is that Yeah. I see. Okay. Well, that's fucking shitty. But, yeah, the fireworks suck. Um, there's been a guy um, driving a motorcycle by Cash's house every day, and it's really loud, and he does it at 5 a.m. Um, but... It'd be I, so sad if he's just actually just trying to get to work. <laughs> I know. Coming home from I, work. I, and we're like, that fucking guy on his No, he does guy. like three laps worth of like coming oh. back and being loud. He's being no, just being an asshole. That's what just kind of reminds me of the fireworks is like, that's what, that's what he's doing. He's just being like, loud. Did you work for the police department or what? Huh? I don't fucking call the cops. Oh, by the way, the cops in his neighborhood came by and like they started passing out stickers to the kids and being like, we're good guys. I'm like, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. Get out of here. Nobody wants you here. Yeah, it's so fucking stupid. Um, so 
some other black excellence things that happen, which I'm really, it's a win and it's a win in the right direction, but I hope that there's other resources for this young woman. Uh, Crystal Kaiser was released from jail. Yay. If you guys remember Crystal Kaiser, it's very similar to the Centoya Brown case. Mm -hmm. uh, she was arrested for murdering her sex trafficker. Um, and she posted a picture saying like how she got caught. I'm laughing because it's such a teenager thing to do, but she took a selfie and she's like, I killed this white man. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> but other than that, like she went to jail for killing somebody who was ruining her life. Um, and, and so anywho, the funds, there was a bailout fund. And so she was finally released. Um, I hope that since her release, which I'll be following up next week about this, that she's getting tons and tons of therapy and tons and tons of resources because of the amount of trauma that she's probably had um, with being in jail, being blamed for something that she rightfully has done. Um, don't get me wrong, like killing is always not going to be the answer, but I think it was the right solution for her to get, in, get out of this situation. You know I feel I mean? like sometimes killing is the answer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she basically, uh, her, her bail was set at $1 million and she got out. So I'm really happy for her and I hope, you know, knocking on wood that she has a nice thriving life. Um, and I will support her even if she has any weird relapses um, because of her trauma. Um, because it's a sad story. There's millions of women who get trafficked all the time and like not a lot of them get out of that situation. If you guys remember the R. Kelly documentaries, there are women who just go back to him because that's what they know and they, they're too scared to run away from R. Kelly. So with that being said, like it's it's a it's a whole tra traumatic experience that I'm glad that this young lady, Crystal Kaiser, Crystal Kaiser got out of. Um, I think that's that's true of anybody who has had to like rely on sex work as um, a means of survival and I'm I'm sure there are many people out there who turn to sex work and it is a positive experience for them um, it, they feel empowered by it it is a choice that they made mm -hmm. and I know that, that that is definitely not the case for everybody um, there's so many stigmas that come along with being a sex worker and trying to find legitimate employment after that mm -hmm. is incredibly difficult even if you're educated you know you, you there's like all these um like think about the teachers because teachers don't make enough who are turning to sex work on the side and then their establishments find out that they have been working as a sex worker because they don't get paid enough yeah and then they lose their teacher position. Yeah. And it's just like um, your society is basically telling you like, no, uh, you know, we're going to black mark you basically. Like you don't get to function within these quote unquote normal realms of society now, which I think is bullshit. That's crazy. Another way of keeping women down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm all for women who choose sex work as their as their primary job or secondary job like it, it's you know it's not to to me i don't think it's a something to look down on it's a choice right 
I get little sad about it if it's if it's you know if it's all part of a kidnapping like you know you're young you're 15 you're 12 like however whatever age you are i mean um, i don't think that's really making <laughs> you know giving an informed consent yeah it's not you're informed not consent. able to do that that does yeah, not count yeah there's so much psychological like um scarring and as well as a bunch of grooming um and you know yeah, there's a lot talk of, about the grooming yeah, no one talks about the grooming aspect of it. And so it's just it's just one of those things, like, if you're over the age of, like, 18, 21, whenever you decide to feel like that's your main grind, like, yeah, go for it. But I don't think it's a decision to be made, when, obviously, when you're, you're 12 or even below the age of 18. Yeah. Um, that's something that I feel like any person who is a pimp figure uh, should be arrested and and immediately like sentenced to life for that because like why it's it's just disgusting <laughs> i'm not going to try to explain it more than that it's just it's literally fucking disgusting yeah that i mean that hits really close to home for me um just growing up parts of where i did grow up is like i know pimps and it's weird because you know, people do what they need to do to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but say you know somebody and then you don't find out that they're a pimp until you're older and they've been a figure in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, one of my brother's, like, close friends in Seaside uh, is actually a pimp. We're not naming names, yeah. uh, obviously. But, like, for me, that was, he was an older brother figure, and he lives a double life, you know, like when he's with his mom, you know, he talks very respectfully mm-hmm. about women and, you know, he drives a different car when he's around his mom. Uh, and he acts differently when he's around his mom or when he's in church with her. Like, bruh, it was a huge mind fuck when I finally, like, figured out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was like, yeah, I... Like, I know your bottom bitch. And for the longest, I thought that that she was your girlfriend. She's not your girlfriend. And it just, like, it colored every interaction um, that I had with him afterwards. And I was, like, devastated, really. Yeah. Um, Especially because it was, like, I had friends who have been trafficked. Um, I had, like, people who were sister figures. Um aunt figures people that i like had gone into their homes and watched their kids um she was trafficked and then i heard her stories and to this day is like she's was in recovery she's no longer in recovery now this um woman that i'm talking about who's like around my mother's age and she's been missing for like the last 10 years yeah so it's like these stories really hit home for me because I still remember her like describing graphically what happened to her. Yeah. And like it just makes me sick to my stomach. I've had some similar experiences when I was younger when I was just too young to consent or too young to get away. Um and it just as an adult looking back on it when you're a child you're kind of numb to it because that is your existence 
you know, that's what you're growing up in. You think everybody is living this existence or that um, it becomes normalized. And then you grow up as an adult and you're like, no, what happened was like supremely fucked up. And I would never do this to um, someone else, Mm -hmm. regardless of their age, you know? And so it just becomes something that is like so difficult to grapple when you think about what's going on in the minds of these people. Yeah. Yeah. But on a good note, on a higher note, on a note that is like purely just positive, Jari Jones, who is a plus size trans woman, actor, activist. um, She just had a major billboard with Calvin Klein. Yeah, yeah, I saw she that. Killing it. I was like, yay. I want all the cakes. <laughs> I want all the parties. Um, I'm so happy for her. Yeah, Very no, cool. I I saw that. I I saw all of her pictures of, of glee and bliss, and she was so adorable. <sighs> I love her with her big hand, her big mouth. I'm like, yes, work. Yeah, those those are some good ones. Yeah. I'm really glad that the trans community is threat is slowly but surely be ha- getting more recognition and getting more um, opportunities, and that it's becoming more normalized. Like this is this is what's this is what it should be. Yay! Yeah, no, I'm happy about it. Um, so there's some things that I I jotted down in our list of things to talk about, but like I feel like we've been running a little long. Uh, we had so much to say. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of things to say. Uh, can we talk about some nerdcore things real quick? Yes, we definitely have to talk about nerdcore things. So I don't have much today. I know you really originally wanted to talk about virtual conventions. Um, that is something I would like to talk more about next week if possible. Yeah, we'll look um, that up next week. Yeah, because I know there's been a, a number of conventions that are looking into going digital uh, just because, you know, the anime and Mag West and PAX, like these are, these are these are conventions that are so used to having so many people in a concentrated area that it's obviously not safe to hold these conventions. Obviously, we cannot do Obviously, that. so <laughs> so uh, a lot of conventions have been looking into the more digital format uh, for safety, um, but also to make sure to say like, hey, we still exist. It's still happening. We still want to give you guys good content. Um, so that's something that's been going on. And I actually want to give a list out of conventions that are going digital. Uh, Mad West uh, unofficially has been working on doing the same thing. And since I'm part of staff with Mad West, I think it's safe for me to announce that we're unofficially going digital. Um, but more information will come in the future to make it more official. <laughs> Super official. Yeah. Um, as for nerdy things, I just fell in love with a new nerdcore artist, and oh. he's, we have a relationship he doesn't know about. Oh, <laughs> oh do tell. No, so I'm in love with Dear Silas. He's been, uh, kind of running game for the last, like, three months, uh, since COVID hit, and don't get me wrong, I think he's been running game the whole time, but I just started to know. I'm in love with your stylist. Yeah. So I first fell in love with him with the uh, with the wipe down challenge. Like he was a, a rapper, like where he did the wipe down challenge. And what was really cute about some of the challenges, like at first it was a challenge for girls to be like, wipe, wipe, look, I'm attractive, wipe, wipe, 
I'm attractive again, white. But people started to add their like little spin on it. So there was an animator who did her little spin on it. And so she did a white and her animated version of herself, right? Your stylist also did the same thing. And not only that he did the white challenge by doing an animated version of himself, but he also rapped for like the four bars that it made sense and then wiped again and like, you know, went with the skit. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I want more content. Like, I just, I was immediately like, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? I need to know who this is. Um, so he's a, he's a nerd artist from Miss, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, he, I, I don't know his whole discography, but I know that he has recently released an album, um, or not album, he released an EP a while back. Oh no, he did release an album, sorry. He released an album called Pulse Plus Ultra, which is from My Hero Academia. Um, and so he has about, I think, seven songs on it. And like the songs are ba- definitely uh, animated theme where it's like Sailor Moon, um, Extra Introvert. Um, he has big, big KRIT on the album or Big Crit. Uh, so it's like really, he has really good rhymes. He also does a lot of like uh, cultural, not cultural, but like he does a lot of TikToks. And his most recent TikTok was, um there was a dumb not dumb there was a twitter trend about beethoven being black Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he did a mix on um the beethoven is black meme and he just i just discovered that he is also a trumpet player so i'm like what what he does animation what he's funny like it's it's just he's just like whole package so i know i'm just kind of like spewing about like fangirling and fangirling <laughs> he deserves a fangirling and i think he deserves big move monday Ooh, big move monday okay yeah so that's my quick rendering about dear silas uh and i hope you keep doing what you're doing because like it's you're just incredible like absolutely incredible um you're setting yeah. bar and you're doing more than that so yeah anybody who's listening please check him out he's on apple music spotify yeah, yeah. i will check All the good him out. Shit. spotify um maybe it's just because i have the free version uh it's so uh, frustrating oh so, yeah i am the same way everyone's like spotify and i'm like i'm just gonna pay the 16 dollars for apple music that's fine i think i'm paying 16 or 12 i can't remember mm. Yeah, I know. I'm not a student anymore. I'm trying to be a student again. I'm, I'm trying to get a certificate in something, but I haven't decided yet. Oh. Anyway, I'm a so, student. I can get free Spotify. What is this? Yeah. You can get discounted Spotify. Dis- discounted Spotify. Yeah, discounted Spotify. Um, and for anime updates, um, <sighs> what I, I, I guess you finished watching Parasite because Parasite's fucking good. I still haven't finished it. I'm still watching it. I am in love. Bro, it's such a mind fuck and the art is so good. All the little sides, like it's breathe. (laughs) (laughs) I like I can't. I just cannot. Yeah, Parasite's good. Um, I really like the the exposition of the whole series. It just seemed like it was a 
super hyper emotional teenager boy who was just having some puberty issues. And mm -hmm. then those puberty issues seemed like it was overextended because of his new hand. Which <laughs> <laughs> he just names right hand. He's just right, righty. Miggy. Like, Miggy. Yeah, Miggy. <laughs> I, I love when he meets um, the other boy who his parasite is in his mouth and throat, and he's literally just calls his parasite parasite. Yeah. <laughs> and then didn't he later name it Joe or something yeah. like that? Oh, like, what? It's, yeah, this is an incredible series. Um, I think, again, um, exploring, like, the darker side of, like, psychology. Yeah, yeah it's really, it, it's, in a sense, it's really dark. It really objectifies the, the human experience. Oh, it's, it, yeah, it, yeah, like, for example, one of the parasites that you encounter, she's like, I tried sex, and now I'm pregnant. And now I'm pregnant. And then when he asks her if she'll have any emotional attachments to the child, or he's like, asking her what she's going to do with it, she's like, well, um, if it turns out to be purely human, and I have no need for it, I'll just eat it. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's it's pretty savage, but then you later learn in the series, I don't know if this is a spoiler alert, but she does end up having like a an emotional connection. It is a spoiler, but that's okay. That's not that big of a spoiler. Yeah. It, it's just, already showing that she has the capacity to have emotional connections with human beings just by her rationale. Yeah. So it was it was it was in, it was intense. I can't wait if there's a second season to come out. Um, but yeah, I think how it ended though, I don't think it needs a second season. I didn't read the manga, so I'm probably just screwing this whole thing up for myself. But anybody who's listening, like, we really like your intake on this whole show in itself. Uh, we both really enjoyed it. Um, I just felt <sighs> so many deaths. It's like, it's like Game of Thrones. Like, if you oh, if yeah, don't get connected to somebody or they're going to die. <laughs> No, um, I just, I love the artwork. You know, I think like, it's just so visually captivating. And then even the little like side friendships, I'm like, mm, don't get attached lady. And everybody is so sensitive because they're all, <laughs> they're like teen years. And it's like, I'm trying to be sweet and bring you soup because you might be sick. And he's like, fuck off, bitch. I got shit happening in my life. He doesn't actually say that. But, you know, he's like, um, I got things to do. And just, everybody's so hurt and, like, so willing to help all the time. It's Yeah, it's so, it, it's incredible. And then the, it's just, I think some of the things that were really scary were the the resistance of the parasites, like some parasites had better sense of control mm -hmm. over their needs versus others. Um, once the main character dies and then Migi heals him, yeah. how his- That episode was so sad. His mom, like really of all people. And then it's like, bro, you know, that's not your mom, but. Yeah. Can't help it. Yeah, it was it was really sad, and I mean that's always that's what happens, right? Because it's like, this is my mom. I don't want to touch her, even though she's obviously parasitic. Yeah. Um. So that was really intense and scary. And then the guy I forgot what his name was, but the guy that was like super strong and like you couldn't kill him, that was just intense. You haven't gotten that far, have you? Maybe not. 
Okay, you'll see oh, what wait, I'm No, um, he, well, I don't know if he was just super strong. He Didn't he go into, like, a mafia house and, like, murder all of the mafia people? Yep, that's him. And then he switched back into bodies, and that was, like, one of the craziest things. They're like, oh, you look different than when you, like, first went in. Yeah, he, he could murder all the people and then murdered a small skinny guy so you wouldn't be suspected <sighs> yeah it, it was very it was very intense and it was very horror oriented so that was a good series I really liked that I've been rationing myself on episodes for that because I'm like I don't want it to be over so soon <laughs> no I understand what about Food Wars I saw that on my Netflix but I didn't start that okay so um, I started reading that actually before I started watching it and I feel like I've gotten further in the manga than, than there is series. So I think there's a season two coming. Mm-hmm. I really love it. It is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, there's A, the fact that the cooking tips are actually good. Um, I've like tried to recreate certain dishes and like that part didn't work out so well, but I at least learned some techniques from mm-hmm. the show. So that was fun. But then, you know that thing where you're watching the show and you can't really figure out how old characters are supposed to be? Yeah. Because you forget because they're written like they're clearly supposed to be older or like written so inappropriately. Um, It's like, have you, so you haven't seen any episodes, Mm -mm. but there's a lot of... um, God, I forgot the, like, actual word for it. I think it starts with a G. Like, the isolated boob jiggling. (laughs) There's a lot of fan service. Yes. So, it's like, but then uh, you watch it, and you're like, wait, how old are they again? (laughs) This is a lot of, like, moaning. It's a lot of, like, pseudo-orgasms. It's a lot of, like, overt sexuality. But then there's also just, it's, like, solid storytelling. Mm-hmm. And then a, a bunch of interwoven stories. You got the whole friendship thing happening. You have competitions. You have, you know, people in love. It's also, um, like, super visual, which is great. And then mm-hmm. also, if you're just a, a, fat, a fat bitch like me and you just love food, this show has it all. Just ignore the fact that some of them are very young and you'll be fine. Oh my God. Also, it is one of those shows. Okay, so I have a, a theory on um, like newer show. What, what makes a show tolerable being dubbed? Mm-hmm. And for me, like, especially with Netflix, I think Netflix is really good with shows that they're like, that are newer or that they put out themselves that like, were meant to be dubbed or like they had dubbing in mind yeah when it was written um and so the acting is really good that's food wars is one of the shows that i've watched um subbed and dubbed and i enjoyed both thoroughly in fact there is some things some jokes landed better with the dub Mm -hmm. uh some things just like accent choices which were just like hilarious so they're just gems Oh, let's talk about the Sailor Moon dubbing. Oh my god. Oh god. I haven't watched Sailor Moon dubbed. You don't need to. 
I don't need to. I feel I feel like it's that's it's actually possible. no. I think you de- do need to because the the voice choices for Serena, aka I feel Saki. like it crossed the timeline. I feel like two thousands and like I'll say two thousand ten and earlier dubbed is probably not gonna be good for me. Yeah. Um. I I wish I could find the title of this anime I just finished watching, but it was a Chinese anime. Ooh. Um, yeah, it was three short stories um, about just, it was kind of like, the first story was about how this guy's con- emotional connection with ramen and local shops Aww. and his grandmother, which is really sweet. And the next one was another short story about a sister who was in the modeling service um, and her, and her oh, struggling and her struggling relationship with her sister and the people who care about her. And then the last story was about a boy who was conflicted about his future. And then he had this girl who really like cared about him. And in order for them to have conversations, they would record them and then switch tape cassette. And it was cute. Um, And then, but the guy just had such a hard like identity crisis and like he got into a school and she didn't and she got beat for it and it was just a lot but i wish i could remember the name of it but it was really it was just it was kind of slice of lifey but at the same time it was really i really liked the animation it was very um detailed especially when they started showing the ramen i just was like Mm. oh my god i really want these noodles the noodles look so good (laughs) food wars the food all of the food made me so hungry yeah um but yeah is there anything else that you want to talk about before we move into some closing notes you know i think we're good i'd like yeah that's all. What did I watch? Any? Oh, um, speaking of shows that are good dubbed, I'm rewatching um, Cells at Work. Okay. And I'm watching that dubbed. And it is still super cute in English. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think, I think only the first few episodes had the dub offered. So I'm not sure what happened. Because the English was really cute. And they even, they even, like, um, redid the intro which i feel like that almost never happens mm-hmm. when you switch so it wasn't even like a true dub it was like they full-on just redid it in english yeah so that was cool but yeah that's like my new nighttime show go to sleep <laughs> with cells at work it's super cute wow but i've already watched it so <laughs> i don't know why. Yeah, I've been I've been having a hard time trying to find stuff on Netflix because that's the only application I have right now <laughs> um, that I stream from. I I mean I could stream from YouTube, but like I don't want to add anything extra. I don't want to add Hulu. I don't want to add HBO. Like I'm not interested in those things right now. And so something uh, I'm like, okay, let me watch like the first 13 minutes, and if I'm hooked on it, I'll keep watching. But some of the shows, I'm like, uh. No, no thanks. Next. Did I tell you that I'm watching Empire? Is Empire good? Okay, I feel like that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I feel like that's a super loaded question. Uh, because, like, yes and no. I feel like clearly there are people who are writing in there that have no idea what the fuck 
like happens in black families a and then b like they don't know how the music industry works what i feel like black as fuck is a parody off of empire it probably is i haven't seen black as fuck yet but like this is my first time watching empire so okay um i don't know i haven't finished it yet i'm still watching like i'm hooked i'm in the second or third season and it's it like it it amazes me the variety of people that they get on the show i'm like these are top like top actors on this show musicians on the show so it's great it definitely got better um as it goes along but like the drama is constant mm-hmm. constant 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 drama um and it's it's totally a like modern soap opera it's it's fantastic the outfits are hilarious mm-hmm. um the music like you can definitely tell where somebody was like oh we're gonna make this person like quote-unquote like an usher or she's supposed to sound like rihanna or she's supposed to sound like you know so that's been like really fun to figure out uh and then just the guest stars always a chuckle okay that's always that's interesting though because my brother watches that show and I just thought of it as like bougie black people just doing bougie black people things. Oh no, you should actually watch it. Well, okay, you, okay. I'll, yeah, we'll figure okay. that out since you yeah, don't have I'll it. take a look at it. It's just, I think it's just the promotional material. Like it's just Taraji and. Oh no, it's definitely like cheesy and bougie okay. at first, but like you get into it. It's, it's good. It's hilarious. Okay. That's but, but it also gets like real raw and dark at some points where I'm like, wow, like you guys actually went there okay heavy yeah um so as for some closing notes i was also uh, forced to watch back to the future all three and closing notes (laughs) that's the closing note i can't get my time back for that and piss i wish i could go back (laughs) um let's see um Kylie and I are looking into doing a discussion about eras that are more iconic. Eras that are iconic for more than five years. Cough, cough, more iconic than the Confederacy. Cough, cough. Um, so Anything more significant than goddamn Confederacy. Yeah, so we want to do a talk on that. Um, yeah, I won't, we're going to do a talk on that because I feel like it's just this ho- overhyped like five years of divisions from the United States just because of the fact that we set the we set the slaves free like there's no other reason why the confederacy even happened like people can be a little bit more formal and say it was because of the farming months but it's really because that we set the it's because the slaves are free um, so we want to talk about things that are a little bit more iconic than the Confederacy, such as Destiny's Child um, and Pride, and things that have really shaped our country to be culturally better and more progressive. So um, we'll probably send out a Google form very soon, so then that way you guys can enter your own um, your own takes on what was more iconic. 
and go from there. Like Taco Bell. Taco Bell is more iconic. Taco Bell has changed and shaped our country. It has. The, cr- the crunch wrap supreme was yes. superior. Superior to the Confederacy. I, I can quite superior to that. The Confederacy. Like everybody knows what a crunch wrap supreme is. We should have a statue of the crunch wrap supreme. We should. Yeah. And how did it benefit? And like things are like, how did it benefit society? Like, talk, like let, let's talk about that. Because I feel like with the Confederacy, the only thing that it benefited is to enable people who just hated Black people. Just point blank. That's just my take on it. We can be a little bit more formal and say, like, whatever formalized idea that you have. Yeah. 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 Anywho, so, yeah, thanks for listening to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. <sighs> sometimes be. This is Kylie Too Smart. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.